0: Hello, I'm Pastor Phil Minter. I'm the lead pastor of Harvest Worship Center. On behalf of myself and our congregation at Harvest Worship Center, we would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. This is a podcast of our Sunday morning celebrations that take place every week at 10.30 a.m. We would like to invite you to come and join us in person sometime. We are located at 456 4th Street in Trine, Georgia. We now pray that you are blessed by the Word of God today. Thank you again, and we hope you will enjoy this week's message. If you would like more information about Harvest, please visit us on Facebook and Instagram or at our website at HWC.com. The vision that the Lord's laid on my heart uh, for this coming year, um, I was... Uh, Usually we go through a 21day fast beginning in January and we go through that as a church. and at the end of that fast we uh, have a time of communion and commitment. Um, and then I will launch that next week. I will launch the uh, kind of the direction I feel like God has for our local church. But uh, this year the Lord just uh, he hit me hard early uh, with a change of direction for what we're doing. And for those who think we're doing away with the fast, we actually are not doing away with the fast. We're actually enhancing the fast. Um, I think a lot of times uh, we, we fast, and if we're not careful, we go through uh, a routine of 21 days, and it's just that. It's a, it's a routine, and its meaning is lost. And uh, I don't want to lose the meaning of it, the value of it. Um, the importance of it, just saying I marked that off my list and make the the 21-day fast a religious thing in my life. And as I was praying and seeking the Lord over that, the direction I felt of the Holy Spirit was to launch us into to have 2020 vision in the year 2020, to have clear spiritual vision, to have clear spiritual direction for the year 2020. And so basically I'm just calling this Focus 2020. I want my life to be focused this year. How about you? I want my my goals to be focused on what God wants. I want my heart and my drive to be towards what the Lord wants in my life. And so uh, this Focus 2020 is going to be, you're going to hear a lot of it in the next few weeks as we go into that direction. And so what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking for you uh, for the next 40 days, beginning uh, the 1st of January, to devote and commit to 40 days of prayer. And within that 40 days, have 20 days of that as fasting. So half of that would be uh, a fast. And you can do that a week at a time or you can space that out however you want to do. I'm leaving that between you and God. But I'm asking you to commit to fasting. I'm not asking you to throw that away. I'm asking you to do that. But I'm asking you to also incorporate prayer. And the way we're going to do this is, is that I want every day of the of the year or, or of the month covered This 40 days, covered in prayer. And so, uh, again, we're going to be opening the church up uh, early, uh, earlier, well, it's usually really early on Sundays, but I'm going to invite you to come a little earlier to church, find a place to pray. I know there may be people moving around and there may be people getting ready for service because there's a lot of things that go on before we begin. But I want this to become, look, what did Jesus say to the money changers? You've made my father's house a den of thieves. It was supposed to be what? A house of prayer supposed to be a place of prayer. It's supposed to be a place where we connect with God and communicate with God. And I believe that's done in many ways, but, but Focus 2020. So that brings me to Acts chapter 12. And if you want to follow along with me today, I'm going to be reading a few verses out of Acts chapter 12, uh, beginning with the first verse in just a moment. But I want to talk about Focus 2020, prayer can break the chains in your life. Prayer can break the chains in your life. And uh, if anything I'm sensing in my heart is that, look, I don't care who you are in this room, there's things that have changed you. There's things that hold you back. There's things that tether you. Uh, and God is ready to set you free from some stuff this year. Um, I, I, and maybe you're not, uh, you know, look, we got to lose our religious attitudes in this place and just be real. I don't know about you, but there's things I want God to free me from this year. As the pastor, I'm telling you, there's things I want God to free me from. How about you? Is anybody in this room say, Pastor, I need to be set free of some stuff this year. I, I need my life to be free. I need my mind to be freed of some thoughts. So Maybe it's anger you need to be freed from this year. You're just angry at the world. You're just angry at life. You just feel like you've been... I'm here to tell you God can set you free from that and give you peace in your life and he can give you hope in your life. I'm here to tell you God's ready to set you free. Maybe it's some debt in your life. Not just financial debt, but maybe you feel like you owe somebody something. God can set you free this year and that chain can fall behind you as you praise God and lift him up and focus 2020 this year on what God wants for you. What God wants for you. And the best way I know for God's people to begin to focus, how many of you have ever uh, taken pictures and had to focus? Okay, now I know everything's done for us, but if you get a real photographer, they don't trust uh, the autofocus—they like to do it themselves. Okay, and how many of you have ever, as you focus that and you see that image come into clear perfection? You see it come into sharp focus in your life. I want you to know that God wants you not to just stumble through life and stumble all around, wondering where I'm going to go, what direction I should go in. God wants you to have clear focus, and I can't think of a better way. Guess what sharpens us? Guess what sharpens our focus? Is prayer is prayer. And and when you combine prayer and fasting, I want you to know it's a one-two punch that can, can literally knock the devil out of your life, out of your children's life, out of your spouse's life, out of your life, period. I'm here to tell you, it is the focus we must have in order to see God do things this year. And if we do not pray, and if we do not fast, I can promise you we'll get through this year, but we may come out limping and hurting on the other side. But I'm here to tell you, I believe God wants us to have victory this year in our lives. And more importantly, he wants us to see victory in the lives of so many thousands in our community that are bound up, they're bound by sin, they're bound by addiction, they're bound by pride, come on. They are bound by so many different things. God is ready to set them free And I'm here to tell you how can he set them free when the children of God who claim to have the hope and freedom of God are bound themselves. It's time for the church to be set free so that we can bend to lead others to freedom that are in this community. If you believe that, say amen. God's ready for that this year. Each of us have some kind of change in our life. I don't care who you are. We all have things that hold us back. Maybe they're physical change. Maybe you've got physical things going on in your life. Maybe it's habitual sin in your life. It's that familiar sin that you run back to for comfort, whatever it may be. Maybe you have spiritual problems in your life, emotional things going on. Some of us don't realize that when Jesus came to heal, he came to heal us holistically, which means body, mind, and spirit. wants to create a new way of thinking in some of us this year. Many of us think everything's always against us. You ever met somebody like that? I meet people, look, if I don't wave at you going down the highway, it's not personal. I just don't pay attention. I'm not one of these that look and see everybody in their vehicle. I just see where I'm going. I am tunnel visioned. But I've had people come up to me, you didn't speak to me or you didn't wave at me going down the road. Well, what was you driving? Unless you was in some kind of really unusual car, Was it, the, the one that goes around with all the skeletons and stuff on it. Now, I noticed that. But unless you did that, you know, unless you got something hideous on your car like an Auburn tag. <laughs> oh, I couldn't resist it. Anyhow. Only thing worse than Auburn's is a Bama tag so I'm uh, just there and praise God. Did you hear that? I don't hear that word. That's that's not that's not appropriate in the house of God, Eric. Anyway, what are you saying? I'm I look look, folks. I'm telling you, we. some people think the world is against them. God needs to set us free, give us confidence in who we are in Christ Jesus. And look, I I love every one of you, but I've made up my mind I'm going to heaven. And I'm not letting anybody hinder me in my walk towards heaven. And I'm telling you, when we get that mentality, God's going to set some of us free. Anyway, everybody has changed and we need them to be broken in our life in order to do the ministry that God has called us to. And I'm going to tell you, when I say do ministry, ministry was not just for those who stand behind pulpits or or stand up in classrooms or or hold a microphone and sing on stage. Ministry is for each and every one of us in this room. God has called you to do something. And I'm here to tell you the most frustrated person I've ever ever met in my life is the one who is not living up to their potential in Christ. Who's not living up to what God has called them to do. I may never be the greatest preacher that's ever walked the earth, but I want to stand before God and say, I gave it my best. You called me to do it. I gave it my best. I want you to know if you're not living out your potential, then it's because you need to be set free of some things. Amen. Amen. What chains or chains are in your life that need to be broken in 2020? Have you prayed about it? Have you asked God over and over, but yet you seem to return to those chains? They never seem to really set you, never, never, you seem to never really be set free. Have you asked others to pray with you about it? Have you become accountable to them, but you still can't seem to break free? I want you to know the key to breaking free of those chains is developing a prayer culture in your life, not just a prayer as needed culture in in your life but a praying lifestyle. God is tired of people just ringing the bell when they need a 911. Are oh, you getting quiet on me? We, we, you know, I need God so I'm going to pray I'm going to get others to pray and then when the crisis is over I don't feel like going to church anymore when the crisis is over I'm not going to small group anymore when the crisis is over I won't go to the altar anymore I'm here to tell you I'm praying this year we have to replace the carpet on the front of this of this church because knees have worn out the rug because they have been on their faces before God God's ready to send revival are we ready to pay the price to see it? Are you ready to see God do great things? Well, that is a, there's a price to that. But if we refuse to use the key, we will never see the chains unlocked in our life. Oh, my goodness. Help me, God, preach this today with hope. Our focus this year is a powerful prayer life that is brought about through biblical prayer. Therefore, many examples of prayer is going to be used in this sermon this morning. For January 1st through February the 9th is Focus 2020. It will be our time as a church that we set aside corporately to ask God to develop within our church walls a prayer culture. Hey, look, I'm going to tell you something. You ever heard the phrase, a family that prays together stays together? I believe a church that prays together sees a amazing things happen in the realm of God. And we see chains broken and lies set free and God is ready. Look, I'm so glad that we have baptized so many people, literally have baptized over a hundred, uh, almost pushing near 200 people in the last three or four years. But I'm here to tell you, why can't God do all of that in one year? And I'm not talking about others making recommitments. I'm talking about new people who have never been set free, finding hope in Jesus, being baptized in and saying, I'm going to follow this Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesus says plainly, the blind can't lead the blind. We must be free in order to help others find freedom. Here are the prayers of ordinary people, by the way, that had a powerful prayer life or pray power. Moses prayed and God separated Israel from judgment. In other words, he spared them, he separated them from the world, and he spared them from judgment. Joshua prayed and God caused the sun to stand still in the sky. And that does mean literally, God stopped time for Joshua. I want you to think about the greatness of our God. Hannah prayed and God gave her a baby boy. Solomon prayed and God gave him wisdom. Elijah prayed and God sent fire down from heaven. Jonah prayed and God brought him out of the belly of the whale. Peter prayed and God raised uh, uh, Doricus Dorcas from, the, from the grave. What are you saying? I'm saying over and over and over and over and over again, people prayed and things happened. Now, I know what some of us might be thinking in this room. You might be thinking to yourself, yeah, but those were unique people. Those were very spiritual people. I'm nothing like Peter. I'm nothing like Moses. I, I, I can't see those kind of things happen. I want you to know this morning, they were just ordinary people. And to, to take away the fact that they were ordinary is to belittle the power of the God that they served. I'm here to tell you, they didn't have some inside track to God. They didn't have some special way of praying. They prayed the way Jesus taught them to pray. They prayed just like you and I pray. But the difference was they were committed to believe that what they asked for, that was going to happen. I'm here to tell you, so many of us were asking without believing. Now, if we're asking foolish things, we're not going to receive that. Come on. Come on. If you're asking for foolish things, you're not going to receive that. Heard somebody the other day, they they told me, they said, well, brother, if I if I win the lottery, I'll build you that new church, <laughs> but I don't play the lottery. Maybe a ticket will blow in my room or blow through the window, and I'm like, You go ahead and ask God for that. I'm just going to ask God to help us get it done. Just help us get it done because I want it in the rearview mirror so we can get about what's important. And what's important, it's not building buildings, it's reaching souls, it's seeing people come to Jesus. As a matter of fact, don't you go out here and tell people we're building a church, we're building a ministry center to reach lives and to see people equipped to go and do the work that God has called them to do. That's what it's about. God help us this morning to get a hold of this. You and I are ordinary people. There's nothing there's nothing extraordinary about me. There's nothing extraordinary about you. I can't believe you call me plain pastor. You are you're just a plain old person. I'm just a plain old person, but I'm going to tell you something. The difference is we trust in an extraordinary, powerful God that can do all things exceedingly above whatever we ask in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, I'm starting to believe God for big things. If we don't believe God for big things, we're never going to see God do big things. What if David had walked out to face Goliath and said, you might kill me today, but at least I'll know that, that, that I'm going to heaven. No, he said, You come at me with sword and spear. I come at you with the name of the Lord. This day, O John, you will be delivered into my hand. That's a big prayer. How many of us have been playing it, instead of playing it, say, praying it safe? In other words, I'm going to pray for the stuff that if God doesn't come through, I can still find a way to make it happen. Folks, I'm going to tell you, you can do that for so long, but eventually your faith will be pressed up against something bigger than you. Eventually, your faith will be pressed up against something that nobody can answer but God. And I'm here to tell you, if you prayed it safe, you won't believe God. What if, and if somebody said, well, what if God doesn't do it the way I ask? He may ne- I, he's never done it the way I ask. <laughs> now, maybe he has for you, but he's never done it exactly the way I've asked, but he's always come through the way I needed him to. Amen. He's always come through the way I've needed him to. And I'm here to tell you, love the story of the blind man. Blind man comes to Jesus. He wants to be healed. Jesus looks at him and says, go wash. (sighs) That's nasty. (laughs) You can clean that up. Oh, it was holy spit. No, it was a spit from a human mouth and it was nasty. Think about that. What if you were watching? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know some of you. You won't even eat nothing unless you brought it. To ch- I don't know how clean they are. First church me and Tina ever pastored. I went over to visit, we were having a dinner the next day at the church and uh this gentleman was uh preparing something and uh I watched him lick the spoon and put it back in the batter. I went home and I said, whatever you do, don't eat this. (laughs) Oh, it happens. I want you to listen to me, folks. I want you to hear me today. What Jesus did was nasty in the eyes of the flesh. But what you don't understand is that those hands that were forming the mud to rub in those eyes were the same hands that formed a body out of dust and breathed the breath of life into Adam. And he's saying, I see a factory default here. He should have, look, because it's my belief the man had no eyes. Now, I'm not positive in that, but it's my belief because this was the only case of a blind man where Jesus did this. So I think he took that old dust that he originally used to make man, and he put it in the eyes, and right there he formed new eyeballs for this man. And when he washed, he said, what do you see? He said, I see men, size, they look like trees. He said, go wash again. He washed again. Sometimes we got to do a double dip, amen? And sometimes we have to dip twice into the obedience of the Lord. Maybe God didn't do it the way you wanted him to the first time. He's saying, but you, you, you just go do it again. Lord, how many times do I have to do it? Maybe we were like the old king that came to the prophet and said, I have leprosy and I want to be cleansed. He said, go bathe in the Jordan. He said, that that river's nasty. I want you to think about it. If you had your choice of going to the Ocoee River to take a bath or the Chattuga River, where are you going? I ain't going to that river. I know some of y'all eat fish out of it. Good for you. But when the the wildlife and game says it's only safe to consume this many fish a year out of that river, I ain't eating it. Neither am I eating fish out of the Autumn Hall River. When I know for a fact people that work at the nuclear power plant that have seen two-headed catfish. Amen. I get an amen somewhere. What are you saying, Pastor? Listen, I'm I'm saying God can do amazing things. So he goes and he washes again, and his eyes are restored. I don't think he's standing around in heaven arguing about the mud in his eyes. I think he's saying, I was once blind, but now I can see. I'm so glad I went to Jesus. I don't care how he did it. He just opened up my eyes, and now I see. If we would quit trying to help God along this year and just trust Him in what He does, I'm here to tell you, He's a good Father. He's looking out for you. He's not against you. There's one against you and it's not God. Some of us think God's against us. Some of us think God's out to get us. God's not out to get you, but there is one that is. But there is one that came that stood between you and that bully known the devil and said, you've had your way for too long, but now by the blood that has been shed on Calvary's cross, I stand between you and Phil. I stand between you and him. I stand between you and everyone else that knows me as Savior. And I say, bring it on because I will only let you go so far before I put you in your place. You and I are in the same category as these people I've read about. You and I are ordinary people. Amen? Ordinary people. Ordinary people. And we need God. We need a God that comes that comes through yesterday, today, and forever. We need the God that can do the, the impossible. when it's. In, uh, we need the God that can deliver us and save us. We need the God that heals the body, sets the captives free. We need the God that does exceedingly and above whatever we hope or imagine. We need to trust the God who loves us and cares for us and blesses us every morning and every day. I'm not a blessed man. If you breathed in and breathed out today, you are blessed by God in heaven. He gave you another day of life, and I'm here to tell you what he would say is let everything that hath breath praise the lord praise ye the lord i wonder if anybody's got some breath this morning and they want to praise god this morning and lift him up We need to trust God who answers our prayers so that the chains can be broken in our lives and they can be all for our lives once and for all. The miracles that God wants to do are far above what we're asking for. They're far greater than what we can imagine. I'm here to tell you, we were about to purchase property. We we prayed and we fasted through the month of September and God says, you feel like you're being delayed and fought by the enemy. I'm delaying things because I'm working on the heart of some people and all of a sudden where we would have been in debt right now, $200,000. God gave us a piece of property ready to go. I'm here to tell you, God is real. God is trustworthy. And if we'll rest in him, God will do great things. I believe in the power of prayer. I still believe that prayer changes things. So, what did we, What do we need to pray for? We need to pray according to the will of God in our lives, but we need to pray by faith. Faith means I'm reaching out further than what I I feel comfortable doing. Let's look at Acts chapter twelve, but why? Because I want you to understand when the church prayed, the chains the chains fell off. And I want you to look at this real closely. About the time that Herod the king uh, laid violent hands on some of the uh, some who belonged to the church, in other words. Herod didn't find it enough to just take hold of a few. He was after the church. He was trying to persecute them. The Bible says he went as far as he killed James, verse 2. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivered him over to the four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison. Uh, Aren't you thankful for commas? But, everybody look at your neighbor, help me preach, say but. (laughs) Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. But earnest prayer, it didn't just say prayers, Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for my my kids. I thank you for my wife my husband. I thank you, God, for a job. I thank you, God, for just look over us and watch over us. And, and Lord, bless our church. Amen. Buddy, I get in jail. Don't even bother praying that way for me. You get on your face and you earnestly pray. Amen. Come on. Something happens when they start killing your leaders. Are you following me today? You see, playtime was over. Jesus had done told them. He said, you think they hate me? Wait till they get a hold of you. Wait till they come after you. And so they killed, they had already killed James. And Herod, being the evil man he was, he saw this pleased the people. And so what was he going to do? He said, I'll just do it one at a time and I'll get more fame and more glory. So I'll get Peter next and then I'll move on to John. I believe he had in his heart to go through all of the disciples and wipe them out one by one and just kind of boost his fame among the Jews, among the religious. But the Bible says the church earnestly prayed. I'm here to tell you if we don't begin to earnestly pray you say but they're not killing our people but the devil's snatching souls away every single day he's leading people back into a life of darkness and addiction and slavery he's leading people back into the hell of depression Uh, you say oh why did you say that because that's what it is if you never had that in your life you don't know what it is it's horrible it's a nightmare I'm here to tell you he's leading people captive to their emotions he's leading people captive away and I'm here to tell you they're good people that once claimed to know Jesus in their life I'm here to tell you God's ready to set some people free this year he's ready to do it this year and I'm here to tell you if the church doesn't earnestly pray we're going to see more and more people slide away and go into darkness and live a life that is unpleasing to the father but if the church will pray I believe something amazing will happen. Earnestly prayed for him, and uh, the church did. Verse 6 says, now Herod was about to bring him out. All right, it's about to happen. On that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two, with two chains and sentries before the door guarding the prison. Boy, that's a lot for an old fisherman. Don't you think? Is that a little bit overkill? Verse 7 says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and the light shone in the cell. And I love this verse. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. How do you sleep like that? How do you sleep when you know that your life is about to be taken from you if something doesn't happen? Oh, because he knew his life wasn't going to be... He didn't know that. Again, you're making him a superhuman For all Peter knew, the next day, he would be the next one that was killed. But that very night, when Herod got ready to do it, if you look in that prison, here he is between cutting the Z, snoring away. And the Bible says, the angel goes, man, wake up. Are you going to be delivered or what? I don't know if it's going to take the Holy Spirit striking some of us this year, kind of giving us that little love tap. Now, back before I got my CPAP machine, because now I I get to sleep like Darth Vader, (sighs) I have sleep apnea really bad. Um, Tina would wake me up because I'd stop breathing in my sleep. And she'd startle me. She'd elbow me or do whatever because it took a lot to get me woke up. And And I would come to and it was... Like, why'd you hit me? And I'd be mad. She's like, well, you wasn't breathing. Well, that's okay. I'm sleeping. Don't hit me. It hurts. Don't let her fool you. She can hit harder than you think. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, think of how he had to be at rest, at peace. I don't know if I'm going to be dying tomorrow or not, but I do know this. If the sword goes to my throat tomorrow then I will open my eyes in the presence of the one that I've pledged my life to. And so whatever comes, uh, I might as well get a good night's rest. <laughs> and the angel says, get up. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to rescue you. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And I love it. And the chains fell off his hands. What's binding your life right now? And the chains fell off his hands. What's keeping you imprisoned in your life right now? And the chains fell off his hands. What is holding you back from doing what God has called you to do or what you're supposed to be doing? Oh, well, this one is or that one. Quit blaming the world for not fulfilling your calling and let the chains fall off your hands. God has great things in store. And if he's called you to do it, he'll open a door to do it. He will. And the chains fell off his hands. Will you stand? There's no problem that he cannot solve. There's no burden that he cannot lift. There's no storm he cannot calm. There's no sorrow he cannot comfort. There's no hurt he cannot mend. There's no fallen that, li- that he cannot lift up. There's no sin that he cannot forgive. Listen to me. I think some of us, we're being, we're being lied to by the devil. We don't think we can be forgiven and we can There is no thirst he cannot quench. There's no hunger that he will not fill. There is no mess that he cannot turn into a miracle. And there's no chain. And there's no chain. And there's no chain that he cannot break and set you free. Oh, but you don't know how big the chains are, Pastor. You don't know how long I've fought this, Pastor. You don't know how long I've went through this. I'm here to tell you God wants to set you free. And God can set you free. The Bible says that later on he would knock at the door and they'd slam the door in his face, the very church that prayed earnestly for his deliverance. (laughs) There's a man outside, but I think it's a ghost. Peter says, why didn't you have faith in what you were praying for? You prayed for me to be set free, here I am. I want to end with this this morning. I want you to think about someone that you dream would never get right (laughs) in a million years. God wants to shock you with their presence. This year. He wants you to look over Come up here. Come on. Yeah, you. Come here, Shelby. How shocked are you? It's all right. A praying sister. Frustrated sister, prayed a lot of years, but who the son has set free is free indeed. Where are you going? Heaven. Yes. Hug that sister. Hug that sister. Not the same woman. That's what the power of the chain breaker can do. That's what the power of the blood of Jesus can do. Do you want to go back? When you've really been set free, you don't want your chains anymore. No, they can stay where they're at, at the foot of the cross. They can stay there. How many want to be shocked like Shelby this year? Come on. You want to be shocked. You want to see somebody set free that you thought wouldn't be set free. Maybe you got frustrated. You prayed for them for so long and you've asked God to deliver them and you've just not seen any progress. Maybe you've been praying for them and instead of getting sweeter, they're getting meaner. Instead of getting more receptive to the message, they're getting more resistant. I've got news for you. You better believe that when a soul's about to break loose and find Jesus, the enemy will pull out every stop he has to hold them. He will, he will do everything he can to manipulate them. But I'm here to tell you, when the, when the Lord says enough, uh, the grip of Satan has to loosen and the message of hope will penetrate the heart. Sometimes he has to knock us down to get our attention. But aren't you thankful He doesn't leave us down? He lifts us up. So I'm going to end this way this morning. My commitment card's not got here yet. I don't want you to do this unless you're serious about it. But I'm asking starting January 1 through February the 9th. That we make a commitment to prayer in this church a commitment to fasting and you don't have to be a part of the harvest family to do this this is about creating a prayer culture in your life because harvest guess what it's people it's not buildings it's not location it's people that love jesus so this is what i'm going to ask you to do I won't even go a step further. I hardly ever realize, recognize, but if you're watching online and you want to make a commitment, I want you to go to our website and I want you to click on the contact information and I want you to, to, to let us know by email that you're committing to this. But I'm asking you for the next 40 days beginning in January, January 1, to commit to every evening that you and your family will turn the TV off, take the phones and set them aside, and you will gather together, and it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out thing, but you will pray. There will be prayer focus going up January 1 on our Facebook page that we're going to ask you to pray for as a church every day, and then there's going to be a weekly prayer focus over the next 40 days. But we want you to commit. You say, we already do that. Well, that's great. Then I want you to take your commitment a little deeper. Maybe maybe have some time. I want kids included in this. Don't let the kids sit in the room, parents, and you do it. Bring them in. Show them the importance of it. Amen? By the way, the first line of defense of their soul begins in your house. Church is the second place. The home is the first place. And if you're going to commit to this, you say, well, I don't have my family with me. You are a family. You are yourself. I want to see who's going to commit. I want you to raise your hand and say, for the next 40 days, I commit. I commit. I commit to prayer focus. I commit to praying. I commit to seeking God. I commit, my family, I commit that every evening we're going to gather and we're going to pray. And you may want to take it a little bit further. You may want to do it three times a day, four times a day, whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, let's create a prayer culture. Now, this goes a little step further. I want you to begin to link together, not just with your family, but with other families in this church. And it is absolutely natural for us to try to find the people we know the best. I'm going to pray with them. I want to like them, Pastor. We need to bridge the gap in this church, and that means we need to start linking up with some. And look, every evening the church is going to be open from 6 to 8 o'clock. I want to see cars parked here. And I want to see, you don't have to be here the whole two hours, but come in, spend some time in prayer. We won't have it. just come in, pray, go home. But let's cover these next 40 days with prayer, fasting, seeking God. Amen. If you have questions about a fast and you've never done it, come see me. Don't just say I'm not going to participate because I've never done it and I don't know what I'm doing. Come talk to me, please. I'll help you on that journey because there's power in that. You say, this is how we go close. You say, why, why pastor? Because listen to me. Jesus is up on the mountain. They're experiencing the power and glory of Jesus. Three of them are. They come down off the mountain. When they get off the mountain, remember the story? There's there's trouble among the disciples. This man comes and says, I brought my child to your disciples to be set free of this demonic spirit and and they couldn't do it. And Jesus cast the spirit out that was in in the child and later on, The disciples came to him and said, why couldn't we do it? He said, this type only goes out through prayer and fasting. Prayer wasn't enough. you got to mix a little fasting with it. And when you're fasted up and you're prayed up, I'm telling you, the devil's scared to death because that is someone who is fully yielded to the Spirit of God. So don't disregard the fasting part of this. Some of us, you've been praying for stuff and it hasn't changed. Maybe it's time to fast a little bit about it. Amen? So if you have questions about that, come see me, come talk to me. So this is how we're going to do this. If you've made that commitment, I want you to bow your heads right now. And you've raised your hand, but now I want you in your heart to just tell the Lord, God, I am committed. I pledge this to you the next 40 days to pray and fast for my family, for myself, to see chains broken, to see chains in our community broken, to see people set free, God, Lord, to see my lost children come home, to know you, to see, Lord, my lost family members saved, my friends saved, to be salt and light, Lord, in 2020. Lord, to be fully focused on what you have, to to have sharp focus on what God wants in my life in 2020. Lord, I commit right now. Come on, church, just let him know. I commit right now in my heart and in my spirit That, Lord, over the next 40 days, that, God, that's not just going to be the only 40 days, but it's going to develop a habit in my life that I realize that if I don't have that time with you, my life is hurting. And, Lord, I want to commit my life to being a a prayer warrior, God, a one that seeks your face like never before. Jesus, I fully commit to this. In your name, amen. Amen. If you've done that, just give the Lord a praise. Once again, we thank you for worshiping with us today. We would love to hear from you. If you were touched in any way by today's message, please let us know. You can find out more about us and even support our ministry with an offering at trinehwc.com. Thank you again for listening and worshiping.